0: As we continue to recap our championships from our fall season today, we are going to be talking about our Boys Swimming and Diving Championships held November 8th, 9th, and 10th at the RecPlex in St. Peter's, Missouri. We've had our Boys Swimming and Diving Championships for many, many, many years. This was a very exciting one. I'm kind of a broken record. I'm going to think all of our championships are exciting, but we're going to talk about what happened in 2023 today. I'm joined today by Stephanie Turner, Coordinator for Sports and Activities and the Administrator in Charge of the sport of swimming and diving. Welcome. I'm Scott Lunte, our communications assistant. Welcome, Scott.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: And we have a guest today on the Misha All Access podcast, and that is a coach. Lindsay Errett is the coach for the boys swimming and diving team at St. Louis University High School, or as we call them in Missouri, SLU High. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Lindsay had a team in the class two championships, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we're going to tap into Lindsay's perspective as a coach, as we talk through what happened in November in St. Peter's. So Stephanie, can you start us out with class one? Let's talk about the top four team finishes in class one.
2: Yeah, the top four team finishes in class one, finishing in first place was in the, the state champions were Parkway Central with 328 points. Coming in second was Parkway West with 186 points. Third place was Lafayette Wildwood, and they had 180 points. And fourth place was
0: Parkway South with 156 points. For listeners who may not understand the scoring in swimming and diving, or maybe have forgotten, we have 12 total events in our swimming and diving team championships, and the top 16 finishers earn points for their team obviously more points for the higher your finish so when we add up all the points for the finishers for every school then we get a top four and so when stephanie was reading their points total that's what we had we had a state champion and top four scott talk us through class one you kind of highlight it for us what's the news at a class one championship
1: well in regards to the team standings, Jen, it was a Western St. Louis County flair. I thought that was pretty interesting. You got the three Parkway schools that finished in the top four in the Lafayette Wildwood. But we had a lot of records broken in the Class 1 department. The most notable one probably came from Parkway Central's William Jose. The senior broke the Misha overall record in the 100-yard freestyle with a time of 43.97. He bested that by over 1.3 seconds when Ben Hines and Nevada did that in uh, 2019 in the Class 1 record and then beat Liam Brissett's Lee's Summit North overall record by almost six-tenths of a second back in 2017. Four other records were broken in Class 1. We had the 200-yard medley record broken by Parkway Central. They beat Central Cape Girardeau by over a second with a time of 13265 Whitaker Stewart of Kearney, the sophomore, actually broke two records during the Class 1 meet. He did it in the 200-yard freestyle, just beating Daniel Sebaugh's 13913 time by two one-hundredths of a second, which was set back in 2017. Then he also did it in the 500-yard freestyle with a time of 426.14 and also beat Sebaugh's Central Cape Girardeau's time back in 2019 by almost three seconds. And then lastly, in class one, the 200-yard freestyle relay, Parkway Central, they bested their 200-yard freestyle relay by exactly one second, which was set last year, a time of 124.74. And those were our records in class one.
0: Okay, who is the diving champion in class one?
1: That would be Zachary Berg of Pembroke Hill with accumulating dive of 11 dives total of uh, 395.10.
0: Okay. Thank you. Lindsay, I'm going to pull you in a little bit on this because as Scott said, we had a West St. Louis County finish. All four schools were from West County, St. Louis, three Parkway schools, and as Scott said, Lafayette out of Wildwood. While they're in class one, in most of our other sports, class one is translated to small schools. In swimming and diving, we might have a few small schools. We have a few medium-sized schools, and then we have smaller large schools <laughs> because the distribution of swimming and diving in our state most schools that have the opportunity for a swimming and diving program are going to be larger schools and so many people may be hearing this is how are the parkways in class one well that's the nature of swimming and diving we only have two classes we have large schools even split between classes one and two so you being from slough high You've competed against those four teams throughout the season. Tell us about your experience against those four, the top four in class one.
3: Yeah, no, it's exciting that we get to swim class one throughout our dual meet regular season. And so this year we swam Parkway Central in a dual meet and we only won by one point. So that was a very exciting dual meet at the very beginning of the season. And there were some computer glitches in that meet and, you know, some failed dives. And so I think I think it might have gone the other way, had maybe things kind of run smoothly, I guess, for, for Parkway Central. But we owe them because uh, we've been out of our home pool. So they've been hosting meets that we've had with them the last couple of years. So that was extremely close. I mean, they're a great team. And we just found one point <laughs> more than they did in that meet. And then we swam Parkway West, but in a tri-meet situation with MICDS as well. So that was another you know, example or good, good time to see them. And then we won that one. And then we actually saw Lafayette in a try meet as well with Oakville. And so it's, it's nice to, to see those teams, you know, locally. And then of course the Como meet is kind of a, a mini state meet as I guess we like to say, and so obviously Parkway Central really shone there. I know they were down one of their big guns. He had gotten sick and couldn't do the prelims, but came for the finals and was able to swim in their relays. So yeah, it's just a really good showcase of what St. Louis has to offer. It kind of would have been fun to have a whole meet, you know, a whole state and, in, in, you know, where would Parkway Central have, have uh, been? I would have liked them to take some points away from Rockhurst, but that's not how it goes anymore. <laughs> You're foreshadowing for
0: class two for us, yeah. but you make a good point. Actually, boy swimming and diving used to be one class mm-hmm. and now there are two, but really because of really tight distribution of school enrollments and that tight distribution, you know, heavily located in the St. Louis area, Kansas City, Springfield, Columbia, and, and many other areas, they all have strong swimming and diving as well, but we're not having a large distance where, where you take the top class and the bottom class in any other sport, they may never see each other anytime. But in swimming and diving, it's one big community. We split them in half at the end, and it would be kind of fun to see how everyone does. And really, the Como meet might be the time to see that, although it's midseason. So, yeah. okay, let's switch on to class two. Stephanie, remind us how the top four finished out. Class two, we had a very
2: memorable and edge of your seat finish for the top two finishing teams. Ultimately, our state champion for class two. This year was Rockhurst with 280 points. Second place was Slough with 272 points. Third place was Park Hill South with 261 points. And fourth place was Chaminade College Prep with 206 points.
0: Let's stick with the team competition right now. Okay. And this is maybe specific. Lindsay's going to help us a little bit on this. Okay, so Lindsay, Slough Hyde, strong. Your team, strong swimming season. There was a talk coming into class two championships, Rockhurst really strong, but Slew High, they're really strong. And so we kind of see this race happening, the team race happening throughout the day. And our last event is the 400 free relay. And we go in tied. Scott, tell us how it happened. And then we're going to turn it over to Lindsay.
1: So setting it up, and then I want to actually ask Lindsay a question about this as well. Her sophomore, Nick Zimmerman, actually, this was a prelude. Slew High was actually trailing by uh, two points to Rockhurst. And her sophomore swimmer, Nick Zimmerman, placed 15th in the prelim. And so that's two points right there for Slew High. So that sets up ultimately a tie with Rockhurst going into the final event. And then so Rockhurst, Park Hill South, and Slew High We're basically in a three-person dogfight trying to go for the state title. So then, Lindsay, I'll sort of bridge it to you. When Nick gets those two points and you know you're going into that final event tied, how do you approach that as a team knowing that this one race is going to determine the state title?
3: Yeah. So it's it's funny because the relay guys are already over in the the guys who are going to swim it are already over in the ready room. And so it's kind of those four guys. And I think, you know, we we knew what they were capable of. We knew those were the best four that we could have put forward for that relay. And I think, you know, it's so hard because swimming is a sport where you can look at the psych sheet and you can do the math. You know, so we did the math on Sunday before the meet even started, right? So the week before. And so when you do the math, the guys get excited, like, okay, this is a possibility, here's what's going to happen. And then they know that going into the actual competition, that it's not always going to play out the way that the math says it is, obviously. But that's the sometimes the problem is that you're like, okay, we can do this. And then and then we didn't do enough earlier to kind of get above those two points or the, you know, the difference between a first place and a third place relay. But So I don't really know what those guys were saying to each other in the ready room, but I'm pretty sure they're like, you know, let's just do our best safe, safe exchanges, make sure this relay counts and and see what happens. I mean, they knew going in that their best, unfortunately, was just not going to get what Rockhurst had. And so they did their best. I mean, I think we broke our seed time or we, we took at least three seconds off of our prelim seed time and went the fastest. We went all season by, by a good margin. And so that's all you can really ask for going into that. So we kind of knew at the breaststroke, I'm talking to Tim Boozenhart at Park Hill South. And he's like, so Nick's got to get ninth <laughs> for you guys to, to actually beat Rockhurst if you're going to stay at third place in that relay. So we kind of knew at that breaststroke. I mean, Nick did great. You know, he as a sophomore, his first time at state, but we just kind of knew that we weren't going to be able to take Rockhurst down
0: this is really important for people to understand while there was a ton of drama for everyone else who don't know that, that, okay, everything's tied going into the 400. This is going to be exciting. Everybody knows the relative strength of every relay team. And everybody knows that Rockhurst has the strongest relay team. fastest one. And so, you know, there are things that could go wrong for any one team. And so it's not a foregone conclusion. However, as you said, your guys knew that their best they had was not likely better than the best rockers had. And so while it was kind of exciting for those of us watching, we also know that a tie is not the best place for slew high to be. <laughs> they want to be the last relay. No. <laughs> they need a lead coming into the last relay to give themselves a chance because of the situation. Now that's why we, we swim the race, right? We don't know what's going to happen, but we also know that if everything runs like chalk, we know how this is going to end up. And then we swim the race and see what happens Yeah, because every race doesn't come out by seat and there are upsets and these things happen. And however, these athletes have trained to a point where part of the point of training is to be consistent and consistently to get better. But also there's a prediction for, we know how they're going to swim. So, it's great to hear from a coach say, you know, yeah, it was exciting to be in that position, but what we really wanted was to have the lead going into the 400 right. in order to give ourselves the best chance to, for
3: and a team. The, the irony here is that I've, we've been in this position before, as Lou High has. In 2017, we were tied going into the last relay to Rockhurst, I think. I'm pretty sure it was again. To, and then we got second, <laughs> tied going right. in. I knew we weren't going to win because I think Liam Brissett was leading off or Dane Floria or some like really big strong dude. And, you know, again, we knew what we had and it wasn't, it wasn't Dane Floria speed or Liam Brissett. Right. So.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Scott talk to us a little bit about records and some of the individual information from class two.
1: Well, Rockhurst, that was their fourth class two title in a row and 15th overall, just to make a note of that. We actually only had, despite it being a very close team race, we only had one record broken in class two and that was Ian Everett He did it in the 50-yard freestyle. The Liberty Senior did it with a 20.35 time. That was actually just 1,300s better than Lindsey Aritz, Eli Butters, who said it back in 2020. So sorry to hear that got broken, Lindsey. But as you very well know, Ian is a very strong swimmer. And then just some other notes for multiple winners. We had Rockers winning the 200 medley and the 400-yard freestyle relays. Mac Marcus of Kirkwood won the 200-yard freestyle and 500-yard freestyle. Matthew Judkins, Chaminade College Prep, he won the 200-yard individual medley and the 100-yard butterfly. And then Everett won the 50 and 100-yard freestyle races.
0: Okay, who is the diving
1: champion, Scott? That would be Max Van Stone, a freshman from Chaminade. And based on what Matt Judkins Sr., who is our play-by-play guy for Misha.tv and our uh, color analyst Bill Shally, they have a lot of praise for him in regards to just the way he does his dives. And there's this gal that Lindsay probably knows, Margo Amira from Westminster, that is arguably one of the most talented divers we've ever had. They believe that he could be as talented as her and could be making some noise, possibly at U.S. Olympic trials down the road. That's how talented and impressive that score was.
0: It's fairly exciting to have in the state of Missouri. Lindsay, we didn't go through every race, although we covered almost all of them when we talked about multiple winners and those kinds of things. Did Slew High win any races? No. (laughs) We
3: don't. The motto is we don't have to win anything to win everything.
0: You may, you, that's the point, right? So it's really fascinating. Second place by a hair and you didn't win any races. So the whole idea of team, you know, we have our individual sports. Yes, every race is individual, whether individual means an actual person racing against other people or relay team, but every race counts toward team. And when we have our racing sports, our track and field, cross country, swimming and diving, In some ways, you know, the Talladega Knights idea, if you're not first, you're last, right? Well, if I can't win, what's the point? Well, there's a tremendous amount of point to the sport and to improvement and to competing against yourself and others. And the team concept that how we tie these individual races to team that's what high school sports is about. And maybe talk a little bit about how you as a coach approach that with a team that didn't win a race in
3: the state yeah, championships. I know they're,
0: they're yeah. stinking proud to be a second place team.
3: So, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's just it. It's, it's, we take this individual sport and we really dig into the brotherhood, the team aspect of it. You know, we need people that can score one point. We need people that can score two points. And so everybody matters. And trying to, to build that idea in the off season, too. I mean, we're in St. Louis and we've got water polo, which I think detracts a little bit from St. Louis area teams to some regard because the west, you know, the western side of the state doesn't have water polo. And so there's a lot of guys who are, you know, club swimmers all year round. But I think that also helps us because we also have guys who've been, you know, played so much water polo that that is such a team sport that that helps build their sense of, of team. So we kind of go into this season with, you know, individual actions affect team outcomes. So that's been a motto for us. And I think it really holds them accountable in practice It holds them accountable outside of practice to really gear towards what can I do? You know, maybe I am, I am working to just score one point, but you know, the, the rest of the team knows the value of that and can encourage that swimmer, even if they're not, you know, the top tier of our team, it doesn't matter because we're going to need that one point and we're going to need five guys to score one point or whatever that the case may be. So we really kind of try to value those individuals, again, no matter where they're at and say, hey, you you know, you can score a point. And, you know, obviously it matters when you're tied going into <laughs> a last relay. You know, we kind of started the season with three statements. This is a state championship team, question mark this is a state championship team declarative. And then this is a state championship team. And, you know, I'm like, all three can be true at any point in a practice. And so the more we are at that exclamation point, this is a state championship team, the more likely we are going to be to get to that point. And we got pretty darn close. So I'm, I'm changing the RA state championship team to almost a state championship team this year. So maybe it'll be true next year. But yeah, I was trying to get the guys to buy in to what was possible.
0: One of the things I often say is that high school sports are the great life simulation. And when you make a statement, when a coach makes a statement in an individual sport that individual actions affect team outcomes, that's a life statement, right? Individual actions affect team outcomes, community outcomes, family outcomes, relationship outcomes. All of what we do in high school sports is applicable to our other areas of life. So it's cool to talk to you and to hear your perspective on Helping these students from the very beginning of the season and even before think about what we do right now matters You know, in November. And it matters whether you're the top swimmer on the team or in the event or whether you're going for one point just to qualify for the finals. If you can improve yourself, it helps our team. Stephanie, your very first swimming and diving championships as a sport administrator and also as an educator, you came from a school that did not have swimming and diving. What are your takeaways after being at your first championship and running your first championship?
2: Well, I would first like to thank everybody who took a part in making this championship such a success from the coaches who brought excellent, excellent athletes, showed great sportsmanship throughout all of the events to our officials, to our volunteers, to our helpers. They made my first championship event look like I knew what I was doing and I had been doing it for years because they are just so good at doing what they do. And I am so appreciative of that. As an educator and coach, just coming out of that world and coming into the swimming and diving world, while it was new, it is not something new to me as I have been a part of the individual sports and cross country and track and field for about the past 13 years. And there's just something special about those individual sports and creating that team atmosphere from individual performances and not only just the team dynamics, but just the sport as a whole where you go and those kids are not only supporting their team, but they have friends and are supporting each other on other teams. And just the community that is built amongst that is just something that you have to be there to experience and to see what relationships are built in that manner. And so to get to be a part of the swimming and diving world along with track and field later in the year is just such an honor for me to
0: get to do. And I'm very excited for both of those sports. Well, you may say that everybody else made it look like you knew what you were doing, but you did a great job, <sighs> you know, getting everyone to row in the same direction. Yes, tons of expertise in the room, in the pool, in the natatorium that were extremely helpful. We can't say enough about the RecPlex and so many, Our officials, volunteers, coaches helped to run this thing. There was tons of help, but you did a great job in your first one. Lindsay, as you look back, how long have you been doing this?
3: Uh, okay, so it's my ninth season at SLU, and then I, I worked at Ford Zumwalt West before then for six years, and then I did Parkway North before I graduated kind of college. Yeah. So 17-ish, 18. Yeah, so you've
0: been around this for a while. You know, any reflections on the 2023 championships and what became an almost state championship team?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's I love how it's frustrating it's a joy and a blessing i guess that that nothing really ever stays the same <laughs> and so you're constantly you know faced with how do i do something better the next time even when you win you know you're you're reflecting on like how do we get here how do we you know continue i can't imagine paul winkler i mean every year right like how does he win like right you know and the the pressure that that must include on him so sometimes it's nice to not win because then you don't have to follow it up with another win you know, and the team dynamics are also always different. And so, you know, things that I was doing, you know, 16 years ago, I'm not doing now or, or I am doing some of the same things. Um, so it's just, it's a great, it's a great thing to reflect on because it, it's always different, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Paul Winkler, coach of the Rockhurst team, who's had quite a run recently and a really strong history yeah. of swimming and diving, as has SLU. And it's great to just observe And we're observing, you know, at our pinnacle event and the season's pinnacle event. So to observe the coaches doing their thing and observe what sometimes I think our culture assumes is the way to coach championship teams and elite level teams. But then to see that we have people who are coaching in a variety of different ways, but the vast majority of our coaches in our championship events are very clearly educators Mm -hmm. of kids. Yeah. And you are no exception. I personally thank you for the approach you take, for being reflective, for thinking about these kids are individuals, and yet we've got to do things together and figure out a way how to make these individual actions have positive outcomes for the team and positive outcomes for the individuals. And it is always extremely heartening and and gratifying to see. Our coaches do what they do at our championships. And Stephanie gets all the credit for thinking, hey, let's invite Lindsay to have this conversation with us because she noticed the way you were approaching your team, not necessarily better or worse than anyone else, but she noticed the way you approached. You had a large group of boys there and not all of them were swimming in the finals, and yet they were all engaged and in generally positive, you know, focused toward their team and the event itself. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for talking with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Misha All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access Podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.